Welcome to Be a Refuge, a podcast from the Refuge community. Join your hosts, Kathy Escobar, and me, Joe Douglas, as we share stories and interview friends about the wild and wonderful community life that is the Refuge. We're always learning, unlearning, dreaming, failing, and practicing together. Pull up a chair and grab a coffee. We're glad you're here. There's always room at the table. All right, welcome. Here we are, episode four. So we are having fun talking about the refuge. And what's hard, honestly, for us is where to go next. You know, there's so many possibilities on conversations. And so we're so glad we got a little sense of the be a refuge and and then some on our story and so much fun to talk to Marty Dormish about the Refuge Cafe. Um, and so today we're just going to kind of go back to just a little bit of some of the foundational things about the Refuge and a question that comes up all the time. Question is, who's in charge? <laughs> <laughs> who's in charge of this place? Um, and... I think one of the interesting things about the refuge, if you go to our website, refugeonline.org, right? Or is it the refuge? Oh, it's the refuge online. Refugeonline.org. And look for our staff page. There isn't one. And I was thinking about how interesting that is with, uh, I've worked for different nonprofits and organizations over the years, and that's never been a thing where an organization or a church doesn't have a staff page. And I think that that is a testament to our weird structure. <laughs> and um, as an organization, we have a shared leadership structure and a consensus decision-making, and we've implemented lots of things over the years that um, are different than what you typically see in a kind of hierarchical pyramid organization where there's someone on the top and that filters down and filters down and filters down. And um, so that's what we're going to talk about today is why we do that, how we do that, what we like and hate about it and all that. Yeah, it's so fascinating to me. And I personally love this conversation. It's one of my favorites because um, I think we need more conversations and models and possibilities for structures, community structures, organizational structures. Um, that actually better reflect um, what we hope for. And for me, as a follower of Jesus, that's in my roots and that's in my passion. I am. I mean, I am into the downward ways of Jesus and I'm not afraid to say that. And I don't see the hierarchical models of leadership and systems and structures in the downward ways of Jesus. I just don't. And so um, the way, the path of the Beatitudes, the path of the 12 steps, why I like the 12 steps so much, and they are in so many ways, both of those so core, I think, to what we always hoped for at the refuge, it just doesn't fit to have a hierarchical model where there's one executive director or one senior pastor, and then other people who support that one voice and and it's just completely contrary and I love you know kind of coming back to Jesus again this idea of you know it it is putting new wine in old wineskins 
and the wine goes bad. And that's why I think so many progressive um, communities have planted in the time that the refuge has uh, been alive. So we're going on 17 years here. And it's fascinating to me because it's really amazing ideas, beautiful ideas, beautiful dreams of what could be, but it's in the same structure. And so they're identical structures with just a little twist. And, um, and I think that on the whole, it just keeps perpetuating this model that I think is really contrary. So we have been trying to do this since the start. And I'm just going to say this, we've fumbled and bumbled too. I mean, it's not, it's not science. And so it's, it's tricky to do this because really structures are about power and the power is embedded in things. And so how to diffuse that and how to share power and how to ensure that um, there really just is communal decision-making, but also the ability to be light on our feet and have the right people who need to be involved in things, be involved in things. And you know, cause you've been here for how many years, how tricky it is. Yeah, super tricky. Um, One of my passions is just uh, uh, recognizing folks who may not have biblical literacy. And so, because there's probably people listening to this who may not be familiar with that story about wines and wineskins. So just, I'm going to tell it really quick and simply, but Jesus tells this parable about wine and they used to, you know, store wine in these wineskins were like literal, like animal hides. And so he says, you know, don't put new wine in old wineskins because when it's fermenting, it'll first he doesn't say it fermenting that's my translation um but we but when you have new wine so like a new vision a new idea you put it in a new wine skin because then it crafts and it it can hold it mm-hmm. but if we're and so that's the idea that Kathy's talking about is we keep trying we have these new visions of community and people are like I don't want this old thing but then we have these new visions and we're like I know what I don't want and then we keep trying to shove these new visions into these old systems and these old systems that are like hierarchical and power-based and power over versus power with. And we're trying to have these new ideas and new ways of being in the world and we're shoving them into this old thing and it doesn't work. And so it's scary, but you have to like have a new wineskin. And it's like a whole, like, what if we stopped and just reimagined everything? And there've been several points along the refuge's journey where we've done that. Um, and like, even in the spiritual formation Sunday thing, two, two summers ago, we stopped and we're like, okay, we're coming into not out of COVID, but we're going to be together more. Like, what if we just reimagined Sunday gatherings like completely? And one brave soul was like, let's meet every other week instead of every week. And everyone's like, yeah, let's do that. So, but you have to have those moments of pause and saying like, this is the old way and it's comfortable and familiar and maybe easier, but what is, we can't shove this new way of being into that anymore. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's kind of the context of that, that phrase and kind of um, what we're trying to do here at the Fusion have done in different iterations over time. Well, and it makes me think, you know, you said like people ask me, so who's in charge? This, this question comes up a lot. And I was like, well, a group of us are, we all are, and people make assumptions. And, you know, I'm one of the founders. I've been here since the beginning, you know, since a dream. And I'm a, I'm a 
uh, community cultivator here. So and I use my voice and have led here since the beginning. And so sometimes people make an assumption that I make a decision. And I'm always like, I don't have one decision in this community that I make all by myself. And um, it doesn't mean that I'm not in multiple decisions and that ultimately I might be the one that communicated a decision or something, but every part of it, there are other people involved and that wisdom that comes from the group. And so, um, you know, a little of our history is just that we all, we always started with shared leadership. We started with a co-pastoring model. We had a, a team I think at, at one point there were nine people that kind of planted the refuge and sort of nurtured life. And, um, and, and it was really special on one level, but I do want to say that we just gave ourselves our own authority because we were starting. And so, and it's fine to just own that. But when, when people struggle with authority, it's like, wait a second, who gave you that authority? You know, and people have old baggage because it's like people are used to sort of pat their senior pastors. And and actually in the start of the refuge, I mean, it's really important to know that just in terms of women, even being pastors, what is a foreign concept for a lot of people. And so there are things about equality and assuming that I was the associate pastor to the male pastor who I planted with and we were co-pastoring, there's just like an automatic assumption based on those old structures. And then there were even in inside of us of like question about, we can talk more about this as Be a Refuge uh, goes on because there's a lot of things about equity and assumptions. And so then is it biblical for a woman to be a lead pastor? She can be this kind of pastor. And that was like, even within our core, like from the beginning. But what's cool is we wrestled with it. We wrestled with it. And so that group led for a long time. And then um, over time, we kind of evolved into, we had a ministry team that sort of did different parts of refuge life. And then there was sort of like people who did stuff and then people who um, started it and were kind of doing more of the day-to-day, the day-to-day. Then we formed one of my favorite things that I want to say was the guidance group. And this was this group that was available. Anybody could be on it and serve in basically offered perspective and guidance to the life of the community. But what was fascinating about it is it didn't have any kind of decision-making authority. And so we didn't know all the way, like how truly are decisions made here? Hmm. And what I love is that and you're part of this story is that in 2016 we did a whole re-dreaming re and it was called dreaming for the next 10 years team a transition team that really wrestled with structure that um was it's not that all those times before weren't really good because we were embodying shared leadership in a significant way and so many voices and perspectives and all that but what wasn't really clear and healthy systems kind of need that is how decisions are made and how input is given. And um, so we grew into, through listening to the community, forming the three current teams that are our new wineskins. Our original ones were good and they actually moved with it. They were good. And so, um, and so maybe it's just that the original new wineskin that we put this thing into um, has grown and expanded and been able to continue to hold 
what we've created. And so it didn't go bad. The old thing didn't go bad. It just evolved. And we needed more because our community grew in its work and in its length of time and more people leading and using their gifts and whatnot. So uh, we landed on these three teams that we currently have now. And maybe it'd be fun for you to share what those three teams are just to give a little sense because they've been in place now for over five years. And I can say that it's been a beautiful exhale and it's also complicated. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, the, the three teams are our community life team, which is like the, the biggest it's anybody's welcome to that. And it's, we meet quarterly or so, and it's, it's anyone who's kind of holding something at the refuge, which is a lot of people, but also anyone is welcome to that team. And we meet and we share, and that's a a first step in some of the decision-making. It's like, if we're making a big organizational shift, like we changed our tagline last year, and that went out for approval to the community life team. And so, um, cause that's kind of a, like who we are in the world. And, um, and then we have our SAS team, not because we're sassy, although most of us are, um, serve and sustain team. Yeah. Everybody on that team. Everybody on that team's a little sassy. Um, mm-hmm. a serve and sustain team. And that's a, a group of folks who um are the main kind of decision-making body in the refuge. And that doesn't mean we generate things to decide on. It's it, things that need shifting or we have things that come up. We meet and we have a group discernment kind of consensus-based decision-making process um, for things that we need to do in our community. And then we also have an advisory team, which are folks who are outside of the refuge, who are available, just wise friends who know our story. They know who we are. They know who we want to, to be and to who we want to remain like in our values and can hold us um, accountable to that and also just be there to like, be like, are we on track here? Are we, you know, someone who's outside of the system who can kind of speak into it? So those are the three teams that kind of emerged from our conversations in 2016. Yeah, and I will just say that the clarity that came from that is actually that the serve and sustain team, which I love those two words too. I do, because it's not, they're, they're, that, that group is here to serve the community and help sustain our work together. And, um, but what I also love about it is that anybody can be on that team. But it's a commitment. So not everybody wants to be on that team. Lots you know, would you say? <laughs> Lots of emails. <laughs> Lots of emails. And you, you know, you have to help work on some big picture things that um come up. And so it's a commitment. Uh, but what I love about that open table, and that came out of this transition team um conversation is that every single team and every single anything always had open seats at the table they were round. So that's important. So let everyone's voice is equal on it. And so it doesn't mean you don't have nurturers or conveners. You know, our friend Shannon Tanner facilitates our service sustain team. So her role is to call our meetings and keep us going and um, hold that space for us so that she has a role, but she's not in charge of every single thing that happens there. The group is. And so the round table where there is a, um, a diffusion of power and there's an equity that's come sitting around, there's not a head of the table. And, um, and then the other piece is that 
because there's seven people, we've had six to seven because sometimes someone has moved or stepped off. And, but right now we, we have seven again, which is a really nice number is that um, the rest of the community can kind of rest a little bit because it's seven people. It's, and it's pretty representative. It's not exactly, there's some, you know, diversity things that can continue to be strengthened in that department, but it's not all one kind of person. It's not all one age. It's not a one belief. It's like, it's got some um, uh, breadth to it and some depth to it. And so there is like a little bit of, a, I don't have to worry about an abuse of power in the same way, um, because there are seven people who are actually just doing this because they love the community and want to serve and sustain it. And um, and that if someone wanted to contribute, they could walk through that process. It's a pretty simple process to serve that in that capacity and that there's um, a fluidity. It's not a um, they're not term terms. And, you know, those are just some things that make it kind of unique. But I think the wisdom of the team is that when you have seven people, you really think through things in a different way than if you only have a couple people that that was more our case before. Like we were just kind of blind to certain things. As much input as we could get, you still are limited in your ability to really see everything because you're so close to it. And this kind of like opens up. Um, more space and more wisdom and more challenge, honestly. Yeah. You're challenging questions that can be kind of irritating. Um, <laughs> left on my own, you know, I'll just go boom, boom, boom. And so this, the, the services same team like really helps us slow down. Yeah. And I think that's the part that most people who don't like these type of flat structures, <laughs> their main critique, well, there's lots of actually lots of critiques, <laughs> but one of the main critiques is just that it's pretty inefficient. Like when you have a pyramid and one decider or a couple of people deciding everything and telling you what to do, that's a very efficient system. And it doesn't give voice to people who are at the bottom at all. And there's not a lot of generally feedback loops so that people who are at the bottom here, anybody at the top hears what they think or care about, but it's efficient. And so our system is not efficient, but it's worth it. And I think that slowing down process of making decisions and like, there's certain things like we're not talking about, like, should we get like different coffee makers, you know, there actually is a team for some of that stuff, but, but as far as like smaller things, but like for big things and, and even medium things, like there's no harm in hearing voices and, and slowing down those processes of, of really being willing to hear different perspectives. And that's part of that, like balancing and shifting power. And when anybody can have a say and a voice, super inefficient but it's what Kathy was saying about this like Jesus kingdom way of I've no longer called you there's a story where he like washes his disciples feet and they're like dude like you're supposed to be the leader <laughs> and he's like no I'm you're not my servants you're my friends yeah. and like that's like what we're trying to do at the refuge in whatever ways we can is this like shifting to power with and that's one small way of like, you're welcome at the table. If you want to get all these emails and have these conversations, your voice is welcome. And um, even though it's inefficient, it's it's really beautiful. And it's it's living into our values more. 
And you've seen, because you worked um, and continue to be really strongly connected to a community that really, you, I think you helped us bring that uh, consensus decision-making into the refuge community six years ago. And you've seen it in action. And yeah. you know, tell us just a little bit about what that's been like for you and how that's um, helped and been hard, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I worked with a, and I still am um, an advisor to the leadership team of an organization called Servants, and it used to be called Servants to Asia's Urban Poor. And I lived in a slum in Calcutta for a few years and then came back and did staff care for the servant staff. And um, so I've been involved since 2007 and been walking with this organization for quite a long time. And they have that flat structure. And it's international as well. It's not very big, but it's international and flat. And so you can imagine like lots of complicated inefficiencies there, but also so much beauty. And I remember still when I moved to Calcutta, we hosted the international meeting and it was like 20 people. And we we were having these meetings where everybody's voice mattered. And so all the different teams, like we we send out all the decision points for the whole organization to the teams and the sending teams and the field teams and everyone discusses and sends back their feedback. And then this group once a year meets of just not leaders, but some one representative from each team met and talked about all that and then made decisions on behalf of the teams and their feedback. And I remember it was my first, I'd only been there like less than a year and we hosted it in Calcutta. And I'm sitting in this circle with people who've been like doing this, living it like this family that lived in a slum for 20 years with their family. And two, I think there were three authors who are our elders that were there, which was a lot of talking, um, but they were all like notable people in their countries in these spaces. Um, and we were going around the circle talking about something. And I remember everyone's like, somebody stopped and they're like, what do you think, Joe? And I'm, you know, I'm used to at this point, I don't think I was 25. I had been used to like the more hierarchical structure. And I'm like, I'm new. I've been here like not even a year. Like I don't have a say, I don't get to have a say internalized. I just like was assuming like my voice didn't matter, not in a depressing way, but just, just that's all I'd experienced so far in my life and to have these seasoned people and these elders like look at me and say what do you think about this um it was just really moving and like oh wow my like this isn't just talk they actually care about what i have to say and my voice has equal weight in this conversation even though i'm a newbie mm -hmm. to someone who's been doing this for 20 years that's wild and um so operating in that system for so many years it's really shaped who i am and I, I really value that, even though I can see the value of more efficient structure sometimes. But for me, in the downward ways of Jesus, it makes total sense that anybody's voice matters. Everybody's voice matters. And and to so what does it look like if we really believe that and apply that to our structures? Because it's easy to say that, like, everybody's voice matters, like T-shirt, plaque on the wall. <laughs> like, it's easy to say these things. But to actually live into these things is harder. And like, what would it look like if all of the people who say your voice matters lived into that and created spaces at the table for all the voices and not just space, but like influence for the yeah. people who don't have power. It's just, this world would look a lot different. 
Yes, it would. And that is the magic for me. I mean, watching us evolve. And this was true from the very beginning. This was, is that um, people um, have been leading here from the beginning that would basically never, ever lead because of demographics, education, beliefs, physical and emotional challenges. I mean, so many things because they didn't fit into what a lot of the um, old wineskins are. And that is a certain kind of person who behaves a certain way, who believes a certain way, who earns a certain amount of money or articulates things a certain professional way is the leader or invited onto teams. And early on, you know, I just want to say this, this came up because we were planting, we came out of a big community and, and someone gave us some advice and they're like, this is really harsh language, but I'm going to say it. And it was horrible. I'm just going to give you a warning. And they said, well, I have some advice for you. And this is um, the other co-pastor we started together. And like, I have some advice for you. You just need to find some studs and put them around you and tell them to cut their sails to the old thing or other other old thing and come here. And that's how you'll build. And we were like, what are you talking about? And we said, just so you know, that's not something we're going to do because we know what it means. And I remember this to my friend, Bill Ekdahl, and he died in 2020. And he was my dear, dear, dear friend who lived in poverty and hard and so much trauma in his life. And he was part of the refuge from the very beginning. And he helped us set up chairs. And he was part of the refuge when he died of coming by and connecting at the refuge cafe. And we're like, there's no room when you have language like that for quote unquote, powerful in the world's eyes, people will not see the value that Bill brought to the refuge. And so I remember this, and this does kind of make me want to cry. We were like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. However, the cost to not doing that is that we never have had a lot of money. We've never had that that thing that old wineskins can do. Because power does begot power, like it magnet, you know, so people who like powerful things are powery like powerful things and so they contribute to things that match their measures and our measures have always been centered on people and basic human dignity and relationship and so like this is where it's a mashup you know of everything it's not just these leadership structures or organizational structures community life structures it's really about something really deeper because it's it's evident in all the places in the refuge and it also has made it where some people don't want to be part because it's messier you hear from more people you're not as comfortable because um you it's not as predictable Mm -hmm. and you just have a diversity of everything and that thing is rattling to people who are used to certain leaders who talk their language and speak right to their soul, you know, in every single way. And then that's the only voice that you hear. And um, when it's, when it's uh, diffused like this, it can be kind of confusing for people. And, 
and uh, it it is messier, but it's so just like that example you just gave of you and your story makes me so excited that someone knew that you, 25 years old, had a contribution to make that would help form and shape servants. And that's amazing. Yeah. Well, and what if, yeah, I just think of like the what ifs of like, if, you know, these huge organizations, small organizations, like if the input of the people on the ground actually could shape and it often can't. And um, it's just beautiful to think about it. Your, what you just said reminded me, I like, I, I was thinking, what if we could say, if you have a non-hierarchical structure or a shared leadership model, I guarantee this will happen. So like we could guarantee you'll lose funding. So like yep. positive and negative. <laughs> so let's, <laughs> let's play that game. No money. <laughs> guarantee you will have no money. <laughs> um, I guarantee you it will be more frustrating to make decisions. Yes. I guarantee you that people will be like, what <laughs> people will be confused <laughs> and try to convince you to not do it this way <laughs> yes if you just they're like if you adjust you know in your studs. <laughs> yeah you know what I can say it's a positive guarantee that you will not feel a dissonance mm. in your soul about the difference in culture contemporary culture Christian culture, honestly, it's all merged together. Most Christian, typical, I should say, traditional Christian culture, modern Christian culture that's really aligned with ascent. So you, the guarantee is like, you'll go, oh my gosh, this is like the way it could be. Mm. Yeah. And that even if it's frustrating, you're kind of like, I know it's right. And maybe I shouldn't say guarantee, but yeah, on the whole, there's a, there is a resonance and it fits. And I think also a guarantee might be that you're amazed by what people can contribute. It's amazing. And that the wisdom in a circle of seven people of 35 for community life, if we have uh, six, I think on our advisory team. And then just, we have teams within these teams, you know, so the different parts of community life have teams. You're like, Oh my gosh, that is an incredible contribution. Um, that is, comes from a natural place versus, um, a title or a role or a paid position that you, people could just apply for and do, and then quit doing it's more like a life together thing. And it's, I'm, I'm really amazed at the wisdom there are in these kinds of structures and circles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I think guarantees a little strong, but <laughs> <laughs> hedge your bets or <laughs> I'll be guaranteed that you'll be a little annoyed. Yeah, I mean, that sure. one's pretty clear. We can, we can guarantee that. <laughs> Just because we're, it is inefficient. Yeah. And I, mean, I can say after being here for 17 years, like it is sometimes frustrating. And, and I am a, I'm like a fast processor and a fast person, but I can say just seeing our um, structure work, because this was just a great example. We had a new thing that um, we had an opportunity to fold into refuge community life. We'll hear more about it. Um, the refuge rainbow. And what was so beautiful about that story is that, Instead of like someone came to me to ask and, you know, I wanted to say yes on the spot. I did. I was like, this would be perfect. 
And, and it, and, but what I did is that we have a process and we go to our team, the servants, esteem team, and then we will put it there. And there was total resonance in the possibility, but that team asked good questions that needed to be asked. And my impulsivity, if it was just me, would not be healthy. It's not healthy. There's a system that works with it. And so the wisdom of then seven people and thoughtfulness and we walked through and yeah, it took a little longer, but it was right. And I, that actually was one of the most magnifying things that I saw. And I mean, and involving people from community life in that conversation. So it wasn't even just the seven of us, you know, wrestling, but then other people were involved and then it took a teeny bit longer. And then we had this settling in of just the wisdom and thinking it through and when you have hierarchical leadership people get to make things do things that then impacts everybody yeah <laughs> without any thought to you know what the impacts are and so um I saw that at play and I was you know I've been sold for a long time but that one really helped me yeah. because it showed me how important it is to slow down and get everybody's input yeah, and the group that we were working with appreciated that. And, and it was viewed as like comforting um, that it wasn't just some random person making a decision, but that was thoughtful. And so I think sometimes we're scared to like slow down because we worry like, oh, we're going to miss something or miss an opportunity. But but sometimes that thoughtful process actually creates more life. Yeah, I love it. I think, you know, kind of as we wrap up, I think the part is, is that our dream is always that more people would be more creative and not necessarily like adopt what our structure is, because this is the structure that worked for our life and continues to evolve. But I think it's the right container for us. I think it's got room, you know, to keep expanding. But I think um, being more creative, and I can say this as somebody who co-pastored, beyond just co-pastoring. I'm glad to see more people co-pastoring. I think it's a really good thing, but it can look like then everything else is just the same, but it's just two or three people making those decisions and like what it looks like to really press this out and really turn it upside down. And, um, and then think about as leaders, at the Refuge Cafe, this is an example. It's just that every person who's on that team, volunteer or staff, has support people underneath that support. It's not direct reports. Mm. Actually, people doing their thing with support. And there's like a primary support and two secondary supports. And so, and people go, what? Like, so who's, who? And it's like, no, this is, this is what's important. And that models it. And so, for us, that's what works. And then I think for people listening that are part of the refuge go, I didn't even know that. I mean, this is what's so interesting. A lot of us do because we have community life team meetings and different parts, but some of this will be new for the refuge community of just like hearing it more fleshed out and maybe a little bit of the, the wrestling. And then for people that are dreamers, just like, what, what could this look like? But that clarity on consensus or group decision making so that everybody could exhale and know, but then also know how input could be provided into those decisions. Mm. 
And so it's all connected and it'll be so fun to talk more about living systems and, and healthy systems and how hard it is to keep them healthy. Yeah. And, um, and it, the default towards hierarchy is strong. Mm-hmm. And with people, we get asked questions. I just want to say it's all the time, like what's your org chart and what's your titles. And so we always have, we have weird things because we're co's, everything's co. And so it's like, what, you know, and we just hold to it. We just do it. We hold to it. And we have two people sign things um, or sometimes three and four, to be honest, and that we own that and don't um, try and conform to this system, but actually honor. This is our new wine skin and it holds some really good new wine and it's permeable enough to keep putting new stuff in and not go bad. I love it. I love it. Well, there we go. So that's, uh, if you ever wonder again, who's in charge at the refuge, no one (laughs) and everyone. (laughs) No one and everyone. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Be a Refuge. For more on the refuge, go to therefugeonline.org and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. May we all keep finding ways to be a refuge for others and embody healing in this wild world.